Welcome to Wellbeing. Thank you for joining us. I'm Susie Tapley, founder of MAST, a center for well-being on Nantucket and beyond. This is where we have curious, compassionate conversations about what makes each of us well. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Ryan Weiss. Ryan is a coach, writer, speaker, and creator of Sanctuary, a movement to inspire people to connect to the infinite power within. Ryan has guided, supported, and encouraged countless people to explore and integrate the practices that bring true well-being into their lives. It is a profound expression of self-love that Ryan himself embodies. His work spans the full human experience from celebrities to CEOs to teachers to parents and every identity in between. I have deep gratitude for the work Ryan is doing in the world his openness to bring his work to mast and for the profound way he has woven mental health and spirituality into the purest form of well-being. Ryan, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Susie. It's a joy. Oh, this is such a pleasure. Um, so we could go in many, many different directions, and but I'd love to start. A very dear mutual friend introduced us, and she Jasmine Takanik goes from Brand Human. She um, introduced me to the idea of everyone's genius, right? Of really speaking your genius. So I would love to hear from you what your genius is and how you were able to tap into that. Oh, you know, I used to think that my genius was my talent, um, my ability to get people to believe in what I believe in, my intellect. Um, and I traded on that quite well for a number of years. And I think that was a lot rooted in the traumas that I've experienced in my life where I needed to make something more of myself mm. in title, in job, in finance, in what my life looked like. Um, because I had this wound inside of me that said, I'm not enough. Mm. But I wasn't aware of that wound until I started really doing the work on myself about 15 years ago. And that wound was motivating, um, build a life of success, of glamour, um, so that then you can feel respected and you can feel like you're enough. Yes. And I would say that really the genius that came forward, you know, 15, starting 15 years ago when I really committed to my own self-inquiry and self-discovery and personal process of healing when life just brought me to my knees enough times and I kind of went, okay, me trying to figure this out on my own is running me into the same mm. ditches, same pain points. Um, the genius that I would say I get to now experience daily, I, I can't call it my genius. Um, and I can call it my genius. Mm -hmm. I can call it your genius. I can call it all genius. I can call it the genius. I can call it life's genius. And it's a genius, a wisdom, a knowledge that is available to all of us. And it's always here. And the question really is, are we as individuals getting quiet enough, slowing down enough, opening ourselves, expressing a sense of willingness to be a receiver of that wavelength? And so... You know, my, my spiritual practice really started when I found a text called The Course in Miracles, which is a non-dogmatic, deep spiritual journey that's said to be written through Christ, which for me as a Jewish person from L.A. who's 
my whole family is in the Jewish clergy. They're all rabbis and cantors. It was kind of weird that mm-hmm. I took this journey on A Course in Miracles. But that that text really offered me this understanding that I'm not experiencing a relationship with life with a capital L, whether we call that God or divinity or wisdom, really because I just haven't opened to it. But oh, that I is always that. knocking on the door at the back of my heart, just saying, hey, you know, if you give your permission, Ryan, if you just open to this, if you get still, if you can just be quiet, there is a space that is here that if we open to, it fills that space. Mm-hmm. And so my work every day is actually to do the opposite of what I think a lot of self-help stuff is out there, which is a lot of reaching for goals and becoming a better version of ourselves. And instead, the work for me is really about being with whatever is, mm-hmm. not avoiding the shadows, not avoiding the difficult emotions or the pain points we experience in our life, but opening to all of it mm-hmm. and seeing that these are like waves that arise from an ocean and that my work is to remind my mind because my mind so wants to identify as the wave that's arising, the situation that's painful or challenging. I just have been going through this summer, one of those life moments that would bring us to our knees. Mm-hmm. Um, something exploded in my life that I was deeply passionate about and putting a lot of energy and work into that just whoop, got taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it, and it happened in a way that was, that was subjectively very painful, mm-hmm. but I was able to watch how my 15 years of grounding my nervous system of learning to stop and be quiet and pay attention to what the mind is doing, the stories it's telling and how it's kind of trying to pull me into a whirlpool of mm-hmm. distress. And I was able to just watch this whole thing unfold. And then I would talk to my friends or my mentors about it. And they would say, this is so terrible what you're experiencing, Ryan, but you sound so calm. (laughs) They kind of thought I was like pulling one over on them. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was over 15 years of doing this work and this practice, I've gotten my system to a place where I'm able to watch the wave that arises while staying more identified as the ocean. Yes. So I even can see that the waves that are arising, they're me too. I don't have to other them. I don't have to say, this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. Right. I don't have to turn the pain into suffering. Mm -hmm. I can just experience the wave as it arises and feel a deep sense of self that is actually untouched Mm -hmm. by whatever it is that's arising. Yes. Once we, I, I, I hear you deeply because, you know, several years ago, um, I had this, you know, meditation is really, has been a beautiful thing for me for the past, you know, I would say probably 15 years too. Um, And I had a voice come to me that just said, less doing, more being, less doing, more being. And I had identified with life in that way of what I was doing and what I was achieving. And, um, you know, it's really beautiful to hear you say that after a series of events and circumstances and experiences of waking up and saying, hmm, I'm still in the same, I'm having the same show play out for me. 
how do I shift this? Because I think a lot of what happens a lot of times is that there's a real catalyst of an event that happens that forces people to look at themselves or to look at their life in a different way. And there's something really beautiful and less scary, I would say, because I think for anybody, when we really start to commit to look at who we are in the world, um, there can be an element of of real fear there of what we're going to find. And so um, to do it from a place of joy or peace is very different. And it allows you then, I think, you know, I'd be curious that then, then this past summer, I would imagine your, you still feel it all, but your response time is different and there's less reaction time. There's just, you just shorten that wave of like, I've dialed this in, I can feel it, I'm not ignoring it, but I also know that my wholeness lies within and that this doesn't change it. And was there a time when you, when you really felt the embodiment of your wholeness? Every day. Mm. Do you think that we can connect to our, the deepest form of ourselves without inviting our body to join us? No, I agree. Yeah. I think we stay too much in our heads. So for people who are, who may read the course in miracles, who may read Byron Katie, who may read the vast, you know, beautiful books and resources who are really trying to like take that puzzle piece and fit it together. How would you, what words would you have to guide them to connect it to their body, to, to begin to like, what does embodiment mean to you? Mm. So for the person who's reading all the books, Mm -hmm. I would ask the question, I would, I would invite them to ask the question, who is the reader? Mm. Who is doing the reading? The same thing for the meditator. Who is doing the meditating? Because on our journey, if we can ask ourselves, why am I reading all these books? Mm -hmm. If we were to boil that down, we would probably find that there's some desire for freedom, Mm -hmm. some sense of freedom. We could call that fullness. We could call that peace. We could maybe even call that joy. That there's this desire for a lasting sense of, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. here. Yep. I'm safe. I'm free. And so we sit in our meditation or we read the book with this idea that we can get the freedom. And so the subject, which is the, the self, we believe is the meditator or the reader. Mm-hmm. And then the object of our desire is the thing we want, the freedom. And what I'm asking people to do is to recognize that the truth is actually the other way around, Mm. which is what if I'm not the meditator trying to get freedom, but what if actually my real identity is freedom itself? So I am the object of my desire. It's just the mind that tells the story that the object of my desire is out there. Yes. And I would add to this idea or this practice or this premise that the very reason we want what it is that we want. So if I get the thing that I want, I experience joy, I experience peace. Why is that? And I would say it's not because we got the thing that we want. 
It's because in the moment that we get the thing that we want, the mind rests. Oh, that's so beautiful. It stops. And in the moment the mind stops, that layer over who we really are, it vanishes. And we have a moment when we get what we want, we have this moment of feeling ourself with a capital S, mm. which is the freedom. That's why we want the things that we want. We want the money. We want the car. We want the drink. We want the food. Because in the moment we get it, the mind ceases all of its storytelling, which is where our suffering comes from. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, we feel who we are. We be, you use the word embodied. We are embodied in that moment as who we really are, which mm. is the very intelligence of life. Oh my gosh, that's so good because everybody can identify with that, right? You get the thing and then you have this moment of relief, just like you said. And it's like, oh, well then we think to ourselves, well, in order to have that relief, we have to get the next thing. And the next thing and the next thing. And so how does the relief come in the without that? And that brings me to I would love for you to share about sanctuary because it is it, in the curation of mast, one of the big things for me was moving away from the word wellness because mm-hmm. it feels very prescribed. It feels and it doesn't feel inclusive. To me, I think, and and here I look the part, right? I have, I can walk into prob, you know, most places and be welcomed. Um, certainly in this country, and um, and yet it just, and as a woman, we're very much told how we should eat, how we should live, how we should be in the world. As a mother, we're, there's very much that polarity of good, right, wrong, the whole thing. And so, I wanted to move into well-being because what is what makes me well and what makes my husband well inside of that partnership are two different things and not honoring what makes him well is, is not, is then denying what makes me well. You know, there's that reciprocity of like, you want to honor what makes each other well. And so in doing that, the sanctuary, and I'm just setting this up for people listening because this is not, this is a movement. This is not a list of things to do in your day. This is a way of finding that relief, finding that freedom. There are many ways to find that freedom, but the freedom, it lies within you and it's just waiting for you. And so can you share with us what the sanctuary is? Can you share with us the sacredness of it and what you've seen it uncover for people? Yeah, so to me, sanctuary is a space. Mm. And in that space, you get to be exactly as you are without needing to change a single thing about yourself. Mm -hmm. And so we have all these parts of ourselves that we have learned from our education, our family trauma, um, our, our society that are things that we should hide away. And why should we hide them away? Because with them, we believe that we're not deserving of love and belonging. Mm -hmm. And so we hide these things away. We sequester them into these deep, painful parts of ourselves. And what I'm suggesting is actually the deepest healing is about us bringing those things that we hide forward. Maybe we're not blasting them to the world yet, but forward in our own consciousness. 
letting them be here with us. It's like the Rumi poem, the guest house, this Mm -hmm. being human is a guest house every day, a new arrival. Rumi is suggesting that whatever arises, a painful emotion, a thought, let it come be this welcome, welcome host to let whatever that needs to arise, arise, because that's what healing is, right? Mm -hmm. So my teacher in India, Amaji, he says, when you sit in meditation, it's like you're sitting in this infinite lake but at the bottom of that lake is putrefied matter stuff at the bottom of the lake that's just been sitting there for a lifetime and as you sit to meditate that stuff is going to start to rise up Mm -hmm. and our job is to just let it come Mm -hmm. let it come and so when you're talking about kind of this world of wellness that says you have to be this way. It's very prescriptive. You have to look this way. There's so much shame and othering involved in mm-hmm. that. Um, and what I, I, I think this is, you know, society as a whole, we have multi-billion dollar industries that are working to drive messages to our mind every day about who you need to be. What they're not saying is, We're trying to convince you that you need to be this way so that you can believe you're deserving of love and belonging in this world, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And I believe that the shift in humanity, the shift personally for me and the shift communally for the next stage of evolution is we don't need more light workers. Mm -hmm. We need more shadow workers. We don't need more people reaching for this heavenly place. We need more of us to be willing to bring the shadows up and hold them. You know, love is the space inside of which all things get to exist. Not just the pretty and not just the brilliant and not just the Mm -hmm. fancy. All things, the shame, the fear, the jealousy, the resentment, all the things that we hide away in bed at night. If we can bring those things forward and be with them, we can recognize these are parts of ourselves that we learned aren't lovable. And if we want to be more godly, if we want to be more divine, I don't know of a God that can't hold space Mm. for all the colors of the rainbow. (laughs) And if we want to be that divine leader for ourselves, it's our job to hold the space for all the colors inside of us. Mm. And when we can do that for ourselves, like you mentioned with your husband or your partner, If I can be that for myself, if I can hold space for myself for all the things inside of me, even the, quote, ugly things, I will inherently be able to do that for others. And in my presence, others will feel that they don't have to hide away their shame or their darkness Mm -hmm. or their pain, and they'll be able to share it with me, and I can be in communion with them where they feel seen for who they are and in that moment, in that connection their suffering and lift. It's beautiful. Will you tell us, Ryan, where, how can we join the sanctuary and how can we connect with you? Beautiful. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram, which is at waking up with Ryan. And then the website is uh, sanctuary with Ryan Weiss. That's W E I S S dot com. You can see a bunch of stuff on there. Um, including a link to the Sanctuary Challenge, which is just a free mental health challenge that you can build community with and ha- do it with your friends. Um, that's thesanctuarychallenge.com. 
Yes, and we are going to do that with MAST in our community. My friend, this was a beautiful, beautiful conversation. I hope it's the first of many. I have deep appreciation and love for all that you're doing in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellbeing, The Well Within You. I hope you join us next week as we continue to discuss all that makes us well. Be well, friends.